The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. We're off again to central New South Wales, where one of the biggest undeveloped silver deposits in the world is being advanced towards production by silver mines. Silver Mines trades under the code SVL or Sierra Victor Lima and last traded at 24 cents for a market cap of around 310 million. Now, I think we all know by now the company owns the Bowden's Silver Project, which is about 25 kilometres east of Mudgee or a three and a half hour drive from Sydney. It's one of the world's largest undeveloped silver projects. Last time I had a look, it was standing at 275 million ounces of silver equivalent, remembering there's uh, zinc and lead as part of the story there. Now, silver mines is both a development and an exploration story, with Bowden's being moved through the planning process and the exploration upside from both Bowden's underground and the company's regional exploration interests in what is the eastern limb of the Lachlan Fold Belt. I'll just mention that the silver price is doing nicely at US 24.13 an ounce. That compares with the 2022 average of US $21 an ounce and the 2019 average of just $16 an ounce. We've got the company's managing director, Tony McClure, with us today to bring us up to speed on Bowden's and the emerging underground story there, plus the broader regional exploration efforts that are underway. So with that, g'day, Tony. Thanks for your time today. Hi, Barry. Thanks for having me. Now, Tony, uh, one of the keys, obviously, to getting into production is the planning process, and New South Wales has a particular way of going around it. But I see that uh, you've recently lodged your environmental impact statement, and the Planning Commission uh, determination is in the second half of 2022 or thereabouts. So what can you tell us just about clearing this uh, development hurdle? Yeah, Barry. The um, Yeah, so we've uh, lodged everything um, that's... Uh uh, going through the process um, at the moment, our final uh, lodgement, which was a uh, week before last, was an update on the uh, water balancing. We've had a significant gain there. We were originally supplying about 15% of our water through a pipeline that was coming down from Ulan Coalfields. Um, fortunately, we've been able to remove that pipeline, uh, so we won't be building that. Um, that's deferred. And we've been able to satisfy 100% of our water on site. A big part of that process has been, um, you know, optimising uh, recycling. We've got a paste thickener plant coming in, optimising uh, surface water, and that's uh, led to that outcome, which is um, it's not not a um, you know a head- headline matter in terms of the, the, the markets, whatever. But it, it's certainly beneficial for the project where we're not relying on third parties for water, and at the same time we're not competing against environmental flows. Or indeed agriculture. So that's been a big outcome for us. Um, water, as you know, is is a big ticket item for mine developments, and and so we have no no issues with that. We're trying to make up the fifteen percent water, but now that that's all uh, completely solved. And as I say, we now remove that pipeline. So that that um, gives us a, a clear path through um, to approval. So we expect the department will be. 
uh, notifying us in the coming months that will be uh, presented to the Independent Planning Commission for a final determination. So we're expecting that later in the probably later in the second half of this year. But obviously the timing is is uh, entirely up to government. Once that's in place, you would press the button on a development or is there still some financing requirements to be put in place? Yeah, well, we've got financing to do. We've got an optimisation process that will happen. So we'll be completing and updating our resource and reserve statement prior to kicking off the project. We expect that we'll be, uh, by the end of uh, next year, we'll be in the position to, to push the button on the, on the, on the development. And, and by that time, we'll probably will be well into procurement and so forth. And that all leads to produ- first production expectation in late 24, early 25? Yeah, something like that. So it's about an 18-month build um, you know, for, for, the, for the development. It's a relatively easy process. We don't have a massive pre-strip on the mine, so we indeed mineralisation straight from surface and, and so the cost of waste is 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 very much minimalised and, and that's that's why the, the, the first three years of production are, are very robust. We'll be producing about six million ounces of silver a year and uh, with you know, very low strip ratios. As, as I say, the cost of waste is, is obviously minimised when you're um, when you've got a, an ore body that crops from surface and so very strong three-year production profile. And obviously that, that, um, that bodes well at the moment with, you know, robust silver prices. That's, you know, I know we'll probably touch on that a bit later, but uh, I think we've got a pretty good outlook, outlook in that regard. So um, we're looking forward to it. And obviously it's, you know, it's taken some time to get to this point, but um, uh, we've got fair processes to to get through in this state, and and uh, it's you know we're really comfortable that we we're um, in the position we're in, and and effectively we're we're pretty close to that green light. Yeah, it would be a good point at this stage, I think, just to give uh, listeners a, a feel for just how significant the project is in terms of well, one capex and uh, likely production levels, and perhaps cash costs and uh, oil and sustaining costs vis-a-vis the silver price. The development costs about two hundred and fifty million Aussie. So 180, 180 US. The um, production profile, as I mentioned, was um, first three years is um, is around that six um, million ounce mark per annum. You know, in our recent presentation, we got the details of, of um, uh, the revenue profile and so forth. When, when when we did our feasibility study, we were using um, a twenty dollars silver price. Obviously, prices at the moment are um, twenty four, twenty five. Recently, as high as twenty six, twenty seven. The, the upside case when you're using, uh, say, a 25 US silver price is is particularly robust. The first three years, and, and, we, and we focus on that because, and, and we'll go, go into a, a little bit of this in a, in a moment, but the first three years are particularly robust. High production level, 6 million ounces. Um, we've got you know, cash costs uh, during that period are less than 10 US dollars an ounce. Um, so, you know, we have a, um, a prolific, a uh, few years, um, and that the, the the current the current feasibility uh, will be superseded in the future. And and uh, we'll, when we talk about the underground operation, um, uh, that'll sort of put the put those um, put that puzzle together. But we're looking at op- opening up the underground operation um, after year three. So we want to continue on with high grade, the high grade part of the mine. Um, so that will supplement. Um, the medium medium grade of the um, current open cut development, uh, the underground operation will be um, will be subject to um, further approvals, but the you know, the planning for that is, is is advanced. So 
we're, we're hoping that we're going to be able to maintain those production levels um, and maintain that uh, cost profile um, uh, going forward from year three and beyond. Now, I mentioned uh, there were four drilling rigs on site, 30,000 metre drilling program. Is that all at the project or is that including uh, some regional work as well? No, that's, that's all about. So, um, Barry, when, what, what we did, the out, outbreak of COVID, we were doing some regional work, um, small amount of drilling uh, regionally. We tried to shrink that in um, given what we're working on other people's um, uh, freehold and, and we'd, we decided to just you know concentrate on Bowdens and we had a lot of work uh, going on at Bowdens um, in any case. So um, understandably, um, we um, uh, um, scaled into, into Bowdens. Well, we, we in fact scaled up um, into Bowdens and, and moved um, up to four rigs, um, which we continue with. So, so we had a 30,000 metre program, which is basically now complete and that's about to roll into another 30,000 uh, metre program and that's uh, highlighting the success we have. But just to, just to go back a bit, Barry, the, um, the reason why we're doing this amount of work is um, when we inherited the project some five years ago, the, the open cut area was um, reasonably well known. Um, we did a lot of work on, on site in, in sort of in, in drilling in the first eight months or so. And we added about 100 million ounces in, um, uh, to the resource uh, profile, which was a very successful program. But um, the previ- previous um, managers of the project didn't do a lot of work underneath that open cut area. So us as a you know, team of geologists and... Uh, we were intrigued by the project. You know, it's a very unusual project where, you know, there's nothing like it in Australia. Silver is not a, you know, silver in Australia is you know, a byproduct with gold mining or lead zinc mining or whatever. There's Cannington and Central Queensland owned by South 32. But there's nothing outside of that. There's a few smaller operations, but nothing of this scale. So we wanted to understand why, uh, why indeed it is there. So um, that early period, we did we did some deeper. A um, little bit of deeper drilling, um, and that deeper drilling has now morphed into discovery of three, um, um, effectively three ore bodies or deposits that sit directly underneath the open cut, and um, that's what we're continuing to drill out at the moment. So we're um, three zones: is, is you know, northwest zone, the Argean zone, are pretty much similar to what we see above in the open cut. So. Uh, dominated in silver, small amount of zinc, um, less amount in, in lead. Um, and there's another area which is a little bit deeper called the Bandara zone, a little bit further to the south as well, but still uh, uh, under the southern part of the open cut. And that's a little bit different. So we're seeing less silver in it, much higher zinc. Um, um, we're, we're, we're drilling an area at the moment where we're seeing higher gold, um, and that's of obviously particular interest. And in some areas, indeed, we're seeing um, a bit of charcoal pirate in the, in the system, so copper in the system. So it's what, what, what that is demonstrating is obviously we've been focused on the drill out of these three areas to, to morph into um, a resource assessment for, um, for, those, you know, for those deeper areas. Um, but um, I think, I think um, you know, when we see different elements coming into the system, um, different mineralisation styles. It, it further demonstrates that this is a vast mineralised system that is still um, still underexplored. Yes, yeah, we've got, as you mentioned before, 275 million ounces of silver equivalent close to surface. It's a, a very significant um, ore body. Um, 
by anyone's standards, but what we're doing underneath is uh, we're seeing the, the, the continuation of that um, of that mineralised system and morphing into other elements. So um, uh, people often ask me, well, you know, the, the feasibility in the initial of my development is for a sixteen-year development, and, um, and people ask what 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 could it be? And I'm happy to say that this this is one of those mining operations where it'll continue on, and and it um, it's it's likely to be you know still in development in fifty years' time. It's it's that sort of system, um, and we're particularly excited at the moment with the with the drilling. Um, we announced some um, results on this. Uh, uh, just last week, on, on on some of the further uh, gold results we're getting in the south and the east um, of the of the um, of the Bandara lens, and and uh, and that is um, that's that that's specifically the reason why the program is is going to roll over to the next thirty thousand metres, and 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 as we move further south and further east, we expect to see greater tenure of of gold as we move out of the. Um, the silver leg zinc in, in into um, gold and copper mineralisation. So um, it's a big system. Yeah, interesting because I think we both know that for for a long time the Bowdens was considered interesting, but in the Lachlan Fold Belt, kind of dwarfed by the other big mineral systems in that part of the world. So, but now you're you've obviously got growing confidence that um, Bowdens should also be seen as a well potentially very large mineral system. Yeah, indeed, and that, that and that's demonstrated. So, you know, some of this deeper drilling we're doing is down to sort of you know four hundred meters. So, it's still, it's not, it's not deep, deep. Uh, some of the deeper holes we've done um, in the past have been down to sort of six hundred meters, and and uh, and you know, we we still see mineralisation at, at at those sorts of depths. And um, but I think there's there's going to be a lot of work done. You know, if, if a major was running this project, they'd be you know, probably spending you know. Twenty million dollars in exploration a year. Um, having said that, we're we're pretty aggressive at the moment, and and obviously we're we're very very comfortable with the results we've had today. But at the moment, with four rigs on on site, our exploration um, is you know, we're, we're probably averaging about a million dollars a month um, at the moment, and that's going to continue. And as I say, it's reflecting the, the results that we're um, returning. Oh, it would be interesting to have a silver mine with. Uh quote-unquote, potentially substantial uh, you know, base metal credits. Um, nothing wrong with zinc at the moment either, record price this morning. Yeah, well, some some of the results were getting up to, you know, sort of 10, 10 plus uh, percent zinc, so there's no shortage of, of that. The actual, the, the volumetric amount of zinc in the system is is vast. A lot of it's lower grade, uh, but certainly the high grade areas are, um, yeah, it's particularly attractive. Yes, we you know, we like to cry about gold um, and silver, uh, but zinc is um, yeah pretty attractive uh, commodity as well. That's for sure. So just on that uh, underground potential, apparently you have a, a resource assessment and scoping study in train. Two things will happen uh, through the balance of this year. Is one, we, obviously, we're completing, we're continuing on with the drill out of the um, those underground areas where we're about to call a cut off um, to, to to complete the initial resource assessment, so we expect that out um, in the next couple of months. Um, we're also um, working on a um, scoping study. So ordinarily you do, you know, complete the, result, the, the the drill out, then you move into the resource assessment, and then, you know, on the success of that, you'll go into a scoping study. We've sort of gone about it the other way around, just just due to the um, um, the excitement from the results. So we've we've kicked off the, the, the scoping study. Um, 
and uh, and we expect to have that you know, sort of complete uh, mid-year. So that, as, as I mentioned before, that's we're targeting for the opening up of a potential underground operation year three of the open cut. So see that continuation of of um, um, of uh, grade coming into the mill and and hopefully maintaining that uh, six million ounce per per annum, if not increasing it. Um, so, Intech and GR Engineering out of out of WA are, are working on that um, scoping study, and and as I say, we'll have that out mid year. The other thing working on, and this is as part of the open cut development, is the enhancement and um, the upgrade of the resource assessment, and and the and that'll move through into the um, ore reserve. So, we've through all this drilling that we've done, um, obviously. That's been targeting deeper mineralisation, but a lot of that drilling is actually going through the close-to-surface mineralisation and indeed has been expanding uh, the close-to-surface mineralisation. So there'll be an upgrade uh, to the open-cut resource and and uh, the, fe- the ore reserve and fe- feasibility um, prior to uh, the end of this year, hopefully. And uh, the cash position uh, still strong to uh, get through all this work? Yeah, in December was the last reporting date, so we had... Um, a little bit less than, than 30 million um, in the bank. Um, we raised, um, uh, we had a, a very successful raise last year. And, and, and the good thing about um, um, you know, being comfortable in, in having uh, raised amount of funds for, for exploration, it, it brought in a lot of um, uh, uh, new new owners of the company, so new shareholders uh, coming in, and, and we had a particular target in North America, and as you can appreciate, um, silver is a, a little bit of a foreign um, uh, commodity in, in Australia, and, and uh, the North American market, which you know, in a way controls South and Central America in, in terms of the main houses for, for silver being Mexico and Peru and, um, and elsewhere um, in North and, and Central America, South America. Um, so it, it makes sense for us to expand our horizons and get greater ownership of the company um, out of North America, and and um, and so we saw we saw a lot of that. So that's um, that's good for as we move forward. We want to be benchmarked to our North American peers. We're still substantially undervalued compared to our North American peers, and that'll change over time um, as we get you know, through the approval process, of course. But um, indeed, greater greater um, um, ownership. Um, in that in North North American markets will have us further benchmark to our, our peers. So we're looking forward to that. And finally, I can't let you go without without asking uh, what's your outlook for silver. Yeah, well, it's hard to put put um, numbers on it, but um, oh, yeah, I think you know the last um, two years or so has been uh, prolific for silver. And you know, we bought this project; the silver price was down. You know, fourteen dollars and, and and below, and you know, it's it's been been double that. Um, but I think at, at, at the moment is you, know, you, you look at some of the um, and you're talking about North America, some of the North American commentary where uh, some of the financial houses are calling silver over thirty dollars. Some of the upside upside cases are fifty dollars and, and beyond um, US dollars. So you know, that's roughly double from where we are now. And there's you know, geopolitical issues, of course, that are, um, are creating you know, some of that some of that noise. But you know, from our perspective, we yeah, you know, look at the look at the fundamentals, and um, and you know, the use of silver is you know it's not just jewellery and and um, you know hoarding and and you know um, it's um, got 
fundamental uses, and, and you know, those fundamental uses are, um, are wide-reaching, and, and the reason for that is silver is by far the best electrical conductor over and above copper and, and, and others, and that's why we see it in most electronics. So, you know, think of a TV or a mobile phone, and, you know, the, the, the 5G market at the moment is very positive for silver. Um, electric vehicles, of course, are... Um, is, 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 a, is a big area for silver and there's more silver in an electric vehicle than there is in a you know, combustion engine vehicle. But more importantly is the, is the solar market and um, you know, about 10% of silver at the moment it goes into photovoltaic cells for solar power um, and that's, the, that's probably the key growth area um, for silver. So um, we, we've seen some you know, recent analysis which is showing um, you know, as, as we move forward into, you know, decarbonisation and, and so forth, 2040, 2050, we're seeing uh, the amount of silver is required, particularly in photovoltaic cells, um, is roughly two to three times of current supply um, of silver. So the market for silver is looking phenomenal as we, as we, as we move out. So, um, you know, when you've got, you know, um, you know, the Biden administration came out last year and, and talked about 40% of their power is going to come from solar. You know, that's one country, it's one big country. Um, but um, I think we, we see it here in Australia, we're seeing it in Europe, we're seeing it in the Middle East and whatever, where you know, the solar developments are favoured over some of the other renewables. Um, and that uh, bodes um, excellently for, uh, for silver going forward. So. Um, I, th- I think you know, some of those predi- predictions are, are over fifty dollars um, an ounce of silver is. Um, I think uh, um, I think that's probably going to come to, to pass sooner than sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I guess we are looking at a world where it's the electrification of everything, isn't it? Really, uh, uh, and silver. Yeah, silver is a well place to say that. Yeah, and the, and the, other, the other aspect of silver is is we see um, some of the other properties of silver which are, are quite unusual. Is um, silver is antibacterial, so most bacteria when they touch silver is they're killed. Um, and uh, you know, so the medicinal applications for that are far-reaching. A lot of technologies, nanotechnologies going on in that in that area. Um, we see um, you know, things like um, water purification. Um, so third world water purification is, is um, the operative um, element in there is, um, is silver. Um, we see things like you know, um, rapid antigen testing and, and something like the active ingredient of that is silver uh, for, for a lot of them. So um, that's been a growth market for a little while, but um, not that, that that consumes a huge amount of silver, but you know, it's just that... The different technologies that are coming out, and yes, it's all—it's all mostly driven by. You know, silver is mostly driven by the um, its um, properties in in um, transmitting electricity. But uh, there's other areas in there which are which are, are quite fascinating as well. And um, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it, it, it forms part of the picture. And as I mentioned before, it's it's you know, silver is, is you know people imagine silver to be going to silverware and, and jewelry and so forth. Um, it's uh, silver is actually the most wide used metal out of all the metals, not by not in a volumetric um, uh, point. Obviously, you know, copper and nickel and so forth are much much bigger. But from the amount of applications out there um, and the growing of those is um, is uh, quite significant. And it's, you know, it comes down to the properties and um, you know, it, you, there'll be some changes in the market as you know as the silver price goes up. There might be other. 
um, other elements come in, but we, we uh, the, the 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 fact that it is by far the best electrical conductor is not about to see silver going away anytime soon. There we go, folks. Interesting story. Um, talking about a company here that's got uh, major re-rating milestones ahead of it, uh, near term. Obviously, the approvals process being one, but then the emerging um, underground story and the uh, the big uh, polymetallic story too as well. And as uh, Tony's just mentioned there, keep an eye on that silver price. Okay, Tony, well, thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all. Be watching with interest. Thanks, Barry. Good talking. Cheers.